the names fade away. Come on, let's sing that out one more time. Let all the other names fade till there's only Jesus. Let all the other names fade away. Jesus, take your place. Jesus, take your place. Let all the other names, let all the other names fade away. Every idol, every God that claims to be you, Jesus, let all the other names Till there's only a Jesus, oh, let all the other names fade away. And Jesus, take your place. Jesus, take your place. Oh, let all the other names fade away. Jesus, let all the other names fade away. Let all the other names fade away. Oh, yeah. Jesus, take your place. Jesus, take your place. Let all the other names fade away. Come on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let all the other names fade away. Till there's only you. Let all the other names fade away. How many want Jesus to take his place? I want you to pray this prayer right now as you lift your hands. If you feel comfortable in doing so, listen, I want you to pray, Lord, come on, Lord, I desperately need you. And Lord, I have so many things in my life that sometimes takes your place. Come on, say it right now. So many things, Lord. And I don't mean to, Lord, but sometimes I forget your place in my life. But today, come on, someone shout today. Today, I'm going to let you sit on the throne room of my life. I'm going to let you sit on the throne of my heart. In Jesus' name, I pray that you, Lord, be number one in my life. Come on, say it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving and praise today. It's amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're so glad for uh, Bishop and his amazing wife, Sister Teresa Baker, with us. Um, They come from Auburn Hills. They're not that far from us. Uh, This is my wife's original pastor i'm her pastor now but um or at least that's what i tell myself in the mirror but uh, she reminds me no there's only one roland baker and he's still my pastor so but uh i am so thankful for this man of god in our family's lives and our lives i'm thankful for the church in auburn hills because uh, they have invested in our church in our youth in our children's and i'd like to just give them a hand clap of thanks today for all of that amen amen 
How many are ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Amen. I want the bishop to come if he will, and he's going to deliver the word of the Lord to us, and he's going to see what God, I know he's got a word for us. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap as he comes today. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated this morning. It's a real treat of ours, Teresa and myself, to get to be here at Pine View. Uh, this has got to be one of the easiest churches for a preacher to preach in that I've ever been to. And I want to thank you for that. Your leadership, pastor and wife, we love dearly. Our sister Lisa was one of the finest young people of the church there in Auburn Hills has ever produced, still to this day. <laughs> Amen. And uh, her sweet mom, Eleanor, we love her very much. Miss her. Sister Chalk and Talk, it's good to see you today. It's good to... Her and her husband, uh, Henry, I was able to be with them in Spain earlier this year. And uh, what tremendous missionaries uh, they are. I'm so glad Teresa's here today. Uh, she's been tending to a uh, mom and dad uh, who are uh, up in years. And her dad passed away a few weeks ago. And she's still got her mom. I, I said recently, I said, we've gone back to dating, you know. She's been, she's been the primary caregiver. But we're... We're glad to be here. I'm glad that Teresa's here this morning and all of you. I'm going to be uh, reading a scripture from the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon. I don't know if we have any young people, few young people in here this morning. I don't know. Hopefully this is appropriate for uh, young people. Don't have a lot of preachers preach from this particular book, but I'm going to do that this morning. It's been on my heart. And... Uh, I think as, as, uh, as I listened to the worship team today, the very, very first song they sang is what I'm going to preach about, and I'll tell you in just a moment. But again, thank you for letting us be here with you, and uh, let's look at the word of the Lord. The writer said in Song of Solomon chapter 1, a portion of this passage in verse number 2, simply says this, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For thy love is better than wine. I want to preach for just a few minutes. I won't be real long today, but as the Lord directs, my subject simply is this, a kiss. Everybody say a kiss. Now don't sit there and act like you don't know what that is. This is Bible, a kiss. You know, there's something quite interesting about a kiss. A kiss is one of the most intimate, personal actions that one individual, one person can give to another. A kiss is unique. Uh, you can buy a beautiful card, and I love to do that, uh, and you can uh, write some beautiful things on it to give to your sweetheart, and you can put all the X's and O's you want on that card. And we all understand what that represents. But the fact is, that's really not a kiss. You can give it to her, but it's still not a kiss. You can stand at a distance and you can do that, you know. 
Blow a kiss, they say, and that's great. Everybody understands the significance of blowing a kiss. But the fact really is that's really not a kiss. You see, to really kiss somebody, as so vividly is written here in this passage, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. You gotta get close to kiss. You didn't know that? You gotta get close to kiss. You can't throw a kiss. You can't write it on a piece of paper. You gotta get close to kiss. I want you to notice that. One thing for sure, a kiss should never be given in frivolity or casually in jest. A kiss means something. It represents something. So it should never be given that way or received that way. A kiss matters. And the church said, Amen. Lord, help us what this preacher is going to preach about today. A kiss means something. A kiss says something. In fact, if we could sum it all up, a kiss represents or speaks of relationship. You don't have any business kissing anybody if you don't have a relationship with them. Because you've got to get close to kiss. Amen. You find examples of this all throughout Scripture. In fact, the wise man in Proverbs said this, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What better example than in the garden when G Judas goes up to Jesus and kisses him. You find it recorded again in, in Luke's gospel. The Bible tells us the story of Jesus going into the house of a Pharisee and sitting down to eat. And that's when the scripture tells us that a woman comes who is called a sinner and brings with her an alabaster box of ointment and begins to weep, the writer says, and washes his feet with her tears. She wipes them with her hair and then the scripture says, and kisses his feet and anoints them with this precious ointment. That's when he says, Jesus turning to Simon, the host of the meal, and he says, thou gavest me no kiss. Again, a kiss matters. A kiss means something. A kiss speaks of relationship. He said, Simon, I've been here. I've enjoyed the fellowship, but you have given me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet and turns to her and says thy sins are forgiven. Let me tell you there's power in a kiss. It means something. Five times in scripture it mentions a holy kiss. A kiss of charity or love. You see a kiss means something. It matters. What I want to talk to you about today is very important because you see when you think of worship you think of singing and you think of prayers and you think of, of the words of praise and worship teams that, that as we had here today and a, a worship leader and a choir that sing 
sings worship songs and that's all good and it's right because that's the way we express or understand worship in the world we live in today that's the way it manifests itself to us in our church but when you look at the scripture when you look at the heart of worship you find something far more than what you see on the surface in fact Rabbi Khan writes in his book the original word for worship it means simply to kiss God so true worship is a kiss. You see, a kiss matters. A kiss speaks of relationship. Worship is more than perspiration. Worship is kissing God. Is there anybody in this house today that can get close enough to the Almighty to do more than blow a kiss or write it on a piece of paper, but throw your arms around the heavenlies and kiss Him? The Bible tells us that's what worship is. And the church said, Amen. 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 To worship God is to kiss God. You got to kiss Him from your heart. From your innermost being. When you kiss, you don't do it because you have to do it. Amen. You do it freely because you want to do it. And when you think about true worship, it's never done by compulsion. You never worship because you are enticed to worship by somebody else or encouraged by somebody else. You do it because uh, you love Him. It comes freely from the overflow of your heart. One reason you kiss is because it brings you joy. You kiss because it brings you joy. It's an expression of the joy that's in you. So true worship is an expression of joy. You worship out of joy. When there's joy in your heart for Jesus, you just want to embrace Him and love Him and worship Him. Your joy becomes worship. And your worship becomes joy. The psalmist said it so beautifully in Psalm 16. In his presence is fullness of joy. There's something about stepping into the presence of the Almighty, the creator of this world. And when you get in his presence, you simply want to kiss him. You want to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. The dictionary tells us about worship. It defines it as a reverent honor paid to God. It means to adore. That's what worship is. We know that praise is something very different than worship. We understand praise. We praise God for what he's done for us. But as the worship team sang earlier, we worship him for who he is. How beautiful it was expressed today in the songs of worship. So we praise him for what he does and we worship him for who he is. We kiss God not for what he does for us, but because of who he is to us. Amen. 
Teresa and I have been married 54 years. I don't need a lot of excuses. I might just walk up to her, unbeknowings to her, and find her somewhere in the house and just throw my arms around her and put a big old kiss on her. I got a right to, folks. And we got a relationship. And she might turn to me and say, what was that for? It's for a lifetime of faithfulness, a lifetime of affection. Let me tell you, you don't have to have a reason today. You've got a relationship. And because of that, wherever you are, it's appropriate to put your arms around him and kiss him. Worship is kissing God. Is there anybody can pray for the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So as a kiss is an expression of love, so then to worship is our loving the creator, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In other words, if God never does anything more for me than what he's already done, I will worship him. I will adore him. I will love him for who he is to me. The writer said he's altogether lovely. It's as simple as that. To worship God is to kiss God. Go with me on the journey of Abraham. How his mind must have been racing as he's on his way to Moriah. He's got a a goal. He's got an assignment there. It's to give back to God this most precious and prized possession that God gave him, his son Isaac. He gets to to the foot of the mountain and there he pauses for a moment and he simply turns and says to those who accompanied them there, he says, stay here for I and the lad will go yonder and worship. I want you to notice how significant that statement is. In other words, Abraham has already made up in his mind. It matters not the outcome of the day. It doesn't matter what happens up there on that mountain. God is worthy to be worshiped for who he is to me. And so he starts the trek. Maybe somebody hollers out, Abraham, where are you going? And Abraham says, I'm going up to Moriah. Why? Because I want to kiss God. I'm going up my and the lad to worship him for who he is to me. I'm going to kiss God. I don't know about you today, but I want to worship God for all that he is in my life. Paul said, for I know him in whom I believe. When you know him, you've got to worship him. The writer in 2 Samuel says, Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Here's a man whose child is now lying dead there on the bed, but he takes off the garments of mourning and he goes to kiss God. Can we understand today that some of us in this house maybe this Sunday morning uh, we're in a place that's not pleasant uh, but if we could just realize uh, if we could remove that garment of mourning uh, or depression uh, or fatigue uh, or whatever we're facing uh, and put our arms around the heavenlies uh, embracing God himself and kiss God what a difference it makes oh hallelujah Hallelujah. Isaiah said, give us the oil of joy for our mourning. 
Remember, joy is worship. Maybe that's what I need to do is change my garment today. In John 4, Jesus was just told, has just told the woman at Sychar all that she had done. And simply this, uh, the Bible said as she, he speaks to her, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Can I understand today that God himself is looking for somebody to kiss him? It's no wonder that the affection God returns to his children is so powerful and wonderful because he is just simply reciprocating what comes to him. I don't want to have to stand around and wait for that moment when God does that miracle to thank him for it. I want to worship him in advance. I want to kiss God for who he is to me. Hallelujah. Exodus 34 says, For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. I don't mind you shaking her hand, but you leave the kissing to me. Elijah, he was so far off. He said, you know, he said to the Lord, he said, I'm the only one left. And the Lord said, Elijah, do you not know that there are yet 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal and every mouth which hath not kissed him? Don't you realize that there are people who have not surrendered that to, to the world, but they've reserved it for him? They're not out sharing a relationship with anything that doesn't have anything to do with the almighty God. Oh, thank the Lord. My hope is in the eternal one. My hope is in the one that created the heaven and the earth. God has put a worship. And listen to this. If you hear nothing else this preacher says today, God has put worship in all of his children. And when I say that, I tell you this. That means if you don't worship him, you will worship something every creator creation that the creator has made God has planted in them the DNA of worship and that's why you have a world uh, that are fanatical about the things of the world because they're not worshiping or kissing the king of kings and the lord of lords and so if it's a sickness or loss or disappointments or failures and you can make the list however you choose to make it, I'm here to tell you whatever comes my way, God alone is my reason to worship, not things. Hallelujah. It was David in Psalm 42 and 43. So it's a beautiful rendering of relationship here. David is facing all kinds of torment, the Bible said. He's being taunted by his enemies. And it seems to him that he's in a place in his life that there just seems to be no end. It's just not going to quit. He spoke of tears. He talked about his hopelessness, his state of mind he's in. He talks about his depression and how miserable he is and the sorrow that he's facing. And then he begins to, to say, if only God would deliver me from these deceitful and unjust men. If God would just step in and do something. And I don't know what transpires at this 
this point. But it was at this point that David decides, I guess I'll just go ahead and worship God. God in spite of what's going on. Instead of feeling sorry for himself, instead of complaining, he replaces it with worship. And when he begins to worship God, all of a sudden the perspective he gets begins to change. There's something about getting in close proximity to the power and presence of the Lord that changes everything. All of a sudden God becomes bigger than any problem, any disappointment, any pain in my life or that the world could give. When you kiss God, you get something from God you can't get from any Anything in this world. You see, you got to get close to kiss. A kiss means something. I stood humbled as I watched them. No shoes on their feet. I saw them come to church in rags at best. No designer duds to wear. There was no carpet on the floor, no padded chairs to sit in and I'm not against any of that I promise you I've watched them some having walked literally miles to get to the place of worship and that's exactly what they would do I stood there amazed in their poverty in their lack of things and stuff lifting their hands and their voices and their hearts heavenward and worshiping the Lord I know it did something for them, but it sure did something for me. They began to worship the God of their salvation. I told you there is a difference in praise and worship. So David goes on to say, while I live, will I praise the Lord? When he writes this, he's writing it in the first person. And the reason I say that is only you know what God has done for you. I only know what God has done for me. That means even if you're a king, as David was, you've got to praise the Lord for what he's done for you. If you're rich or poor, if you're illiterate or have a PhD, it doesn't matter. A saint on the pew or a preacher in a pulpit, no one can praise the Lord for you. When you woke up this morning and breathed the air that God gave you, that was reason enough to rejoice, reason enough to praise the Lord. You said the scripture, Pastor, this is the day the Lord made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? God's been good to me. He's been better to me than I deserved. But I stand here today to tell you that the psalmist goes on and he gives us the reasons why we should praise the Lord. I like this. He gives us a litany here because God has healed the broken heart. He gathers together the outcast. And if you don't believe that, just look around you this morning. He has understanding that is infinite. It will never pass away. You can never figure God out or understand what God does and why he does what he does. He counts the number of the stars, David said. He calleth them all by their names. He lifts up the meek and he blessed your children. He feeds 
leads us and he protects us and he gives us peace and for this we lift our hands and praise him but might I say on this Sunday morning if he never does that again if he never heals your body if he never does those things he has done I've got a reason to worship him because he is the one the lover of my soul I have the kind of relationship if I never get off my deathbed I want to lift my voice and worship the king of kings and the lord of somebody needs to kiss God right now I don't know what he's done for you but I know you've got a reason to worship him You may have no reason right now in this world at this moment to praise him, but you've got every reason in heaven to worship him for who he is. Oh, hallelujah. You got to get close to kiss. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him. Uh-uh, that's not good enough. When you got relationship. See, I'm being a good boy today. There's a lot I'd like to say. You can't be married. I'm not going to. You can't be married 54 years and have relationship and not want to kiss. Praise the Lord. The writer in Romans 12, and I'm, I'm getting close to the, to the stopping off place, so if you've got dinner waiting, you're Okay. Romans 12 and 1, many of us, if not all of us, could quote it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, yeah, you're doing good, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Three of you knew that scripture. It's a good one to know. But what's interesting here is the word for service Here in King James, as I read from, in the original, in the Greek, is defined by actually three words. The one that's used here, service, it's your reasonable service, presenting your body, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, that's your reasonable service. But there are two other words that the Greek defines this as being. The next one is ministry. It's your reasonable ministry. If you're going to be child of God you need to give him all that's, that's reasonable but that's not the last one there's another word in the original that could have been substituted here for service or ministry and it's worship worship present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God it's your reasonable worship Folks, it's just reasonable for a child of God to worship God. What you doing? I'm kissing God. I received the Holy Ghost in the year 1958. Folks, I've got a track record in relationship. It's not unusual for me just to pause in the moment of life and just worship the Lord. I don't have to come to church on Sunday. I can do it 24 hours a day. Oh, thank God. You got to get close to kiss. Somebody praise the Lord. 
David said, oh, come let us worship. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He loved to worship. I just want to invite somebody before I get through this morning, on this Sunday morning, to come and worship God. Not for what he has done, and he's done a lot, but just because of who he is. Praise the Lord. Let me leave you, leave you with these closing remarks this morning. I, I, I want to revisit the story of Job. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole book of Job. But the Bible calls him the greatest of all men of the East. The Bible defined this gentleman as a perfect and upright man. Said he was one that feared God and hated evil. It's at this particular time in the story that the enemy comes. Satan, the Bible calls him. He arrives on the scene and we know the story. He begins to, to uh, talk to the Lord and the subject is Job. There was something just simply about the way that Job lived his life that not only got God's attention, but got the devil's attention. You know, there's something about the way you live your life. People notice you. You can't get in the presence and in a close proximity of, of the Creator now without somebody noticing the aura that just oozes out of you. You don't have to walk around preaching and spouting off Scripture. You just got to live your life in such a way that exemplifies Him. It's so different from this world. Hey, folks, when you have a relationship with God, you're different. Job was different. And the enemy said, Job doesn't serve you, God, for nothing. There's a reason he's serving you. You've blessed him. You've increased him. But he said, let me tell you, if you'll take everything away that's good in his life, that really matters to Job, he will not serve you. And that's exactly what transpires. We know the story. He loses everything everything and now the page turns in Job's story and the Bible says in Job 1 and 20 and Job fell down upon the ground folks that's about as far down as you can get the beauty is Deuteronomy said underneath are the everlasting arms you can't get down too far that God's not under you Woo, for that I want to worship him and so the, the Bible said that he fell down on the ground and here's how he responds to losing everything and the scripture said he worshiped. When the devil thought if I take it all away he's going to curse God even his own wife suggests this uh, but what he does in his response is so contrary to what makes sense he begins to kiss God. It's kind of like a mama kissing the boo-boo. There's nothing like a kiss to fix stuff, you know? And that's where Job's at. He's, he's as low as he can get. He's on the ground and he begins to kiss God. And this is when he says, and we quote often, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. I got to looking at that here recently and I noticed something missing here. He said the Lord gave it and the Lord took it away. I noticed even in his losing everything, he gave no credit to Satan. 
You see, we have a tendency to blame the devil for everything. I got news for you. I'm in the hands of God, the lover of my soul, and there's nothing in this world or worlds to come that can touch me without God's permission. And if God permits it, God's got something good when it's all said and done. Anybody? Stand on your feet. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to be that individual no matter, good or bad, rich or poor, health or sickness, whatever. I can kiss God. I can worship Him. He's worthy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for this, I worship Him. Not for things, but for Him. Kissing God means something. And when you get that close to God, to embrace Him with a kiss... It just seems like nothing else in this world really matters. You worship Him. Whew. I don't know exactly how praise is represented in all of this. But praise, as important as it is, still does not, is not defined as being a kiss. I don't know if you can praise God from afar off or blow a praise or write an accident. I don't know. But I do know this. You got to get close to kiss. I hope that this is getting somewhere inside of some of us today. This church has a great legacy. God's not finished yet. God has a a great plan for his people I'm encouraged today I'm encouraged at the spirit that I feel in this house I thank the Lord again for the leadership of this church that we've known a lifetime but I know should the Lord tarry there will be a tomorrow and our relationship with him will determine its outcome you got to get close to kiss. Lift your voice today and give thanks to the Lord. In the secret place of the Most High, it's where I Anybody thirsty this morning? I give my all to you forever. All my worship, all my praise. Does anybody need to pray today? Come on. 
God's calling somebody to get closer. Come on now, somebody help me, huh? My soul thirsts for you. My soul thirsts for you. I give my all to you forever. forever. Oh, oh, my oh, my grace. I give my all. I give. I give my all.
Listen to your pastor for just a second. My God, what a powerful word this morning. This young man, he just told me he's going to be baptized this morning in Jesus' name. Convicting spirit of the Holy Spirit is here. This young man just said, Pastor, I want Jesus to be number one. I want him at the center of my life. Can I tell you something? Let me hear you. Hear me today as, as I don't want to preach Bishop sermon, but listen, listen. Peter, the Bible records, followed Jesus from afar off. Read it. And Peter followed him from afar off. And in the world that we live in, I don't know if it's because of social media, I I don't know what it, there's so many reasons, but we attempt to follow God from afar off. We say we're Christian and we love Jesus, but our hearts are cold and our spirits are dead God is calling somebody in this room Bishop has delivered a word you got to get close to kiss you can't follow afar off I can't have my wife living uh, in three houses away from me I need her right next to me come on now somebody hear what the pastor is trying to tell you And God is wooing you this morning. God is saying, come on. I want you to get him ready to be baptized in Jesus' name today. And God is saying to some of you, you you love me. I hear your words of love. I, I hear your affection from afar off. But I need some intimacy. I, I need I need something more than just a blown kiss. I, I need Peter, come on. If you wouldn't follow me from afar off, maybe you wouldn't have denied me so easily. Maybe. God is speaking to this body of Christ. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In this hour, in this day, don't attempt to follow God from afar off. You got to get close to Him. Pastor, how do I do that? A good start today is to throw your hands in the air and say, Lord, I need you so desperately. I need you in my life right now. Let your tears flow. Let your voice raise. Let the Holy Spirit come over you and let it renew you. Let it come and take you to a place of intimacy with God. That's how you start. That's how you start. I give my all. Come on, somebody in this house, come on. I need some elders to come pray with some people. Come on. Come on, get out of your seats right now. I need some elders. I need some elders to come pray. Come on. Come on. Put your hand on somebody's back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give my Come on. Does anybody else need prayer today? Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.